Welcome to day 114 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. And we continue to move through the book of Corinthians. As you move through the book of Corinthians, uh, there, there are certain points in the book you're just kind of going, oh my goodness, because the church really is a mess. This is uh, this is Paul's, you know, there, there are many churches. Every one of his letters are written as occasional letters mm-hmm. to address problems in the church. But this church has more problems you know, than any of the other church seem to. There's a lot of worldliness that's creeping in. There's a lot of Greek philosophy that's creeping in. They have pagan worship styles that are coming into their worship services. Matter of fact, Paul will say, you know, on one occasion, your gatherings are doing more harm than good. In other words, when you come together, you are so worldly, you're so self-centered that you're actually destroying the gospel, which is a huge indictment. And so one of the things, you know, that uh, has really divided the church is they've built themselves around these factions. And many are saying, you know, we love the way Apollos teaches, and others are identifying with Paul, and others are identifying, you know, with Peter or with Cephas. And they have factions, they have their favorite teachers, they're getting their status from their teachers rather than from the gospel. And so Paul has, you know, began to tell them, you know what true servants of the Lord look like? He said, we are people who are water, we are people who plant, and we are people who will be, you know, judged before God. And he continues his argument, you know, from chapter 3, you know, going into chapter 4. But before we tackle these chapters, why don't uh, we do as we always do? Let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Cindy, do you mind lifting us up? Sure. Father, thank you so much for um, time in your word. We appreciate deeply, Father, the the word that you have given us, and we want very much to be good stewards of the things that you have um, revealed in your word and how you're teaching us and how we might apply it. So we pray that you be with us now, that you open our eyes to the things that you want us to learn, and that you would help us, Father, by faith to um, to walk in your spirit. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. Just to help us get our running start into chapter 4, let me have read the last three verses of chapter 3. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Chapter 4, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but this does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Now, brothers and sisters, I've applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You've begun to reign, and that without us. How I wish you really had begun to reign, so that we also might reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put his apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We've been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. 
We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We're in rags. We're brutally treated. We're homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we blast. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this very moment. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I've sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He'll remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing. And then I'll find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or shall I come in love and with a gentle spirit? And as gentle as Paul has been, he (laughs) seems to be losing a little bit of patience you know, at this point, saying, I, I want to come to you in, in one sense, but in another sense, I'm afraid what I will find when I do come to you. And you know, mm-hmm. can I come in a gentle spirit, or are we going to have to come in a demonstration of power? And my guess is in the back of his mind, he's thinking of you know, the instance in Deuteronomy or in Numbers where you know, the people of Israel challenged you know, Moses' leadership and God himself in powerful ways intervened in order to affirm his message through Moses and Moses as a, as, as a leader. So it's a very, very stern warning that we have you know, as, he, as he deals with that. What are some of the other things you know, that stand out as you look at this passage? Well, even though it is a little difficult and he is coming at them you know, mm-hmm. a little hard. He, he is doing it in love because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to shame them, but he, as, as a father, he wants to, to, to care for them and to instruct them. And, and I love how he even begins, you know, chapter four, just speaking of, of, of how he wants to be regarded as, as a servant of Christ and as one entrusted with the mysteries that God has revealed and how he sees that as so central to his ministry is, is serving Christ and being faithful to the gospel, and that's at the core of who Paul is, and, and how he wants to instruct them to to imitate him in those same things. And so, obviously, as a minister myself, very convicting at times to see oh, yeah. my faithfulness mm-hmm. to the gospel, not just in preaching it properly, yeah. but also in living it properly. Um, but seeing that faithfulness is here, and Paul's not even going to judge himself, right? Um, but but he does think his conscience is, is clear. Yeah. No, he said we've been entrusted with the mysteries that God has. Revealed, and of course, you know the way we look at the Old Testament. God has set, you know, set the you know, set the table for the gospel wonderfully, and yet, if we simply read the Old Testament, we would have never imagined the way that it prepares us and leads us to the person of Christ and what He has done. And it's as if God has pulled back the curtain, and all of a sudden, we see all things clearly. And that is, you know, the good news. You know the gospel. You know I had a, a friend who played you know for one of the Super Bowl teams, mm-hmm. you know with the Broncos. And the first time I met him, we were setting up a, the stage and tearing down a stage for a student ministry concert. And as we were lifting a piece of the stage, I you know, saw this big old Super Bowl ring on his, his hand. I didn't even you know, really know who he was at the time. And I looked at him and said, "Is that a Super Bowl ring?" And he took it off and he just handed it to me. And then he got busy working. He forgot. <laughs> 
and he left me didn't have his phone number or anything he left me with a super bowl ring time to pawn it no way yeah no way to no way to get it done and i felt so responsible you know for that ring but how much more response what a treasure we have Mm -hmm. to know the heart of christ to see what god has been doing from the very beginning opened up so beautifully that god is in christ reconciling the world to himself and all of us have been given that trust. It's at the core of our ministry, but it's at the core of every believer. We've been given this trust in our life, and it should be shaped by the responsibility we have to hold something so precious and to represent it, you know, so well, mm-hmm. you know, to those around us. Mm-hmm. And I do love that that even though you know Paul was put out with them, I mean, he really he loved them. He loved them as dear children, as he says. But he also loved them enough to send um, Timothy to him. He said, "I'm sending my son, who I who I love, that we that you might imitate him or that you might follow him." Yeah. So I just appreciate that he didn't have such a frustration that he just walked away. No. He was actually becoming a little you know, more as engaged. a church planter. He's yeah. planted so many churches. He could say, "Okay, mm-hmm. here's one that's not working. I'll just uh, write another letter to the Ephesians or another mm-hmm. letter yeah. to the Galatians or the Philippians." and you know, concentrate on what is, is going well. But for Paul, the church is not complete until even the most troubled of churches is restored to the grace that you find in Christ. And you have to love, he said, you know, I'll send you Timothy. He'll continue to instruct you in our way of life. In other mm-hmm. words, the way that we live. Mm-hmm. And I love how he says this is consistent with what I teach in every church. In other words, lifestyle and teaching mm-hmm. fit together. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that in Timothy. And you could see that, you know, in Paul, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And even seeing just the contrast in, in Paul's life and, and in the life of the Corinthians that, you know, they're, they become rich, they are reigning um, and without Paul. And he says, but I'm, I'm a fool for Christ. You are wise. You know, I'm weak. You are strong. You know, you're honored. I'm dishonored. And into this very hour we go hungry. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. And you can see, you know, really the heart of the Christian life is much more probably leaning in the direction of where Paul is. It's not so much about being honored and and being strong and being wise, but as you even said earlier, many of us, you know, mm-hmm. we we were no one of a, of good position in the world when when Christ called yeah. us to Himself. And this is what uh, scholars would call over-realized eschatology, mm-hmm. which means that they're focusing on you know reigning with Christ. And of course, those are two pictures that we get from the gospel that we are, you know, we have been given a new status in Christ. We've been lifted up into heavenly places with him and we will reign with him. But, uh, you know, Paul puts that on his head in Philippians. He said, you know, uh, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Mm-hmm. And so they they are looking at the power of the resurrection. They're looking at the power of their new status, but they haven't joined in the suffering, you know, mm-hmm. servant portrait of who Christ is. And Paul said, you know, while you guys are enjoying, you know, your elevated status, we are prisoners at the end of the line. And he's talking about a mm-hmm. Roman possession, you know, procession, you know, coming in after a victory. So first you have the general who's won the battle, mm-hmm. and then you have all the captains and stuff, you know, coming in after him. And he said, that's where you guys have come in line. Yeah. You've won this major victory. And he says, you know, those of us who are still servants of Christ, we're at the end of the line, you know, in the place of the beleaguered, in the place of, you know, the word that were the scum and the refuse of the world, fools, you know, for Christ. But we are willing to suffer with him in order to mm-hmm. endure the shame for the sake of the gospel. One day. You know, to fully, to fully reign with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And you even do see you know, some of the way that Paul is following after Christ. You know, when, when we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. You know, we are slandered, we answer kindly. And we obviously saw that in the, in the life of Christ, and we see that in the life of, of Paul. And he's encouraging those who are following him to follow him as he follows Christ, right? And so to, to follow Christ is, is to endure those things. Isn't that a wonderful, uh, just a wonderful summary? We work hard at what we do. When we are yeah. cursed, we, we, we bless. And, of course, it's the opposite of what you want to do when you're cursed. You just want to yeah. retaliate. Yeah, and, and when we're slandered, we just we have, we have a kind word in return. And, of course, this is, this is the embodiment of who Christ Jesus was and who the gospel is. And it is so much the opposite of who we are, and it's so deeply convicting you know, when, we, when we say that. as well you know as Cindy has already alluded to you know he he does care for them so much that he is going to send Timothy to instruct them on my way of life in Christ Jesus and so again and this is central to Corinthians but also just to Paul and to the Christian life that Christ is central in, in Paul's life and in Timothy's life and he wants to send along other faithful men to help the Corinthians make Christ central in, in their life and so even though he's frustrated with them as we've said, he still does love them, and he doesn't give yeah. up on them, but he's going to even send some of his best people to them for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, then, and you have to like there's something you're kind of embedded in his thread, in, in his threat, you know, they're, they're, that is deeply encouraging. Verse 10, for the kingdom of God is not a, a matter of talk, but of power. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, he's saying, if you want to challenge my leadership, then I'm sure, you know, the Lord will verify who I am. Uh, you know, in, in a demonstration of power, as he had done many times, you know, through the Apostle Paul, you know, for, but it's also something for us to remember, you know, that it's a, for us, the kingdom of God is about what Christ does in and through us. It's not about, you know, our idle talk or our empty speculations or any of those things. It, it, the gospel is the power of God, you know, for the salvation and not only the salvation, but the continuing growth of every everyone who believes and so you have to love, you know, love that centering of the gospel. It's not about talk; it's about power. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun passage, even though it is a hard passage. Uh, David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for your word, and we thank you so much for the example here of the Apostle Paul how he um, has endured so much for the sake of the gospel and how he would call the Corinthians and he would call us to imitate himself. And so we thank you for your word and how it calls us to faithfulness, um, how it calls us to faithfulness to the gospel. And so, Father, by your spirit, may you help us desperately as we want to be faithful not only in the teaching of the gospel but also in the living out of the gospel. Um, And we know that in many ways as we enter into the suffering that the gospel often brings that we are with you and you are with us. And we thank you so much for that good news. And so, Father, may you help us to be faithful to you today um, for your glory and for our joy. We pray this all in your great and wonderful name. Amen. Amen.